You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40-something podcast, Valley in the Bay. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and the Big. 40-something podcast, and we are finally back. The Big and Valley are back together. And Vig, it's been a while, and look what the hell is going on with one of our favorite topics, cryptocurrency and Elon Musk and all the doge. Because, <laughs> you know, coming around to it a little bit, I think it's going to be good for, I think it's going to be good for the crypto space. It's going to get more people involved. It's spreading the awareness. You're going to be able to pay with Dogecoin to go to Mars. This is a great thing. So, It'll be the cryptocurrency of space, and um, honestly, how does that not how does that not equate to positive for people who are invested in, say, Bitcoin or Ethereum and things like that? So, yeah, he was on Saturday Night Live and uh, said Dogecoin to the moon, even though he admitted that it was a hustle, and it's a hustle. Uh, most of most anything that's related to Bitcoin and those things are a hustle. Yeah, but uh, he Moving said to the moon, it's like it was a really, hustle. Right? Yeah, and then it crashed 34% after that, and now it's actually stabilized, and it's on its way up. I do think we see a $1 Dogecoin by the summer. Ooh, look at you. Look at you being sexy with your prognostication. Uh, we're going to talk a, while. Talk a little like, bit about crypto. We haven't been back in a while. Yeah. And let's do, let's do it. And uh, we'll, I'll, do the inter- the, I'll do the introduction, late, like post-production. Okay. All right. Uh, unless you want to knock it out real quick and we can do it right now if you want to say just intro but let, um i'll do an intro to that and we can just start going well well, well let's talk about elon and musk and well, i thought he was the funniest thing on saturday night live this weekend i don't know what you i think. thought he was good yeah i definitely admit that he had his mom on mom on in the beginning My and mom cost uh, me thirty thousand dollars bitch how'd that happen she fucking said she didn't want Bitcoin for, 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 for Mother's Day. And I bought Bitcoin at 60 cents, like a smart man, $80,000. And look what happened. Okay, you're talking about Dogecoin. Yeah, I'm kidding. Okay. I didn't okay but yeah, she did, she did say that. He said, that do, do, I'm going to pay you in Dogecoin. That was in the beginning of, of the uh, episode. And then he pumped it on uh, Weekend Update. And uh, it crashed then, 34% after he admitted it was a hustle. And then... Yeah, but uh, I really everything is a the, hustle. Uh, Wall Street's a hustle. Yeah, the, I know the pharmaceutical industry is a hustle. Higher education's—it's all a fucking hustle. Yeah, yeah. But I, like you, saw, but like you've said several times, the problem that people have that are in power, like Bill Gates, they're not part of this hustle, so it's got to be wrong. Right. So it was like uh, one of the higher members of the Bank of of England said, "If you invest in Bitcoin, you should be prepared to lose all your money." If you invest in anything, anything at all, you should be prepared to lose your money. It's speculative. The stock market is speculative and increasing. It's just that the people didn't get in. These people did not get into it when they should have. And now they're just trying to trash it. Well, you know what? It's a new party now. So, I, and honestly, I, I, I'm thrilled to be a part of it myself. So, yeah, and I'm, younger, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I'll just say I'm, I'm, long, I'm long on, uh, on Bitcoin and I'm long on Ethereum. Uh, I, I have I have a purse 
mouthful of a little bit of that stuff. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what the next couple of years bring. Just strap on your seatbelt and get ready to take a ride. And what I love about this with the VIG, everybody, he has this optimistic vibe about cryptocurrency, and I am not long on anything anymore. I had to sell everything because of my un- unemployment situation. So at least sure. Bitcoin, I have a lot of other stocks elsewhere. But I love VIG. Right after a lot of people lost a lot of money this past weekend, VIG is smiling bright. The days are ahead. And I tell you what, are we going to have summer campaign on cryptocurrency is the question right now. <laughs> well, I have to see, you know, I've been thinking about pulling a trigger uh, on a ticket there. Um, still, you can still do these layaway plans, which is really good about summer camp there. I, I feel that they're one of the only festivals that actually allow you to buy a ticket in March, pay like 50 bucks a month leading up to the festival. And then you're good to go. Right. And, you know, and, it, and it didn't even, and it didn't even really hurt that much, uh, you know, you just pay pay on a layaway plan. I, I feel they're one of the only festivals to do that. And honestly, one of the, some of the some of the some of the biggest uh, in in in, the, in our scene are going to be at summer camp. And honestly, I think it's going to be the spot where you're going to want to see everybody, and you can easily see everybody because Humphreys McGee announced three nights at Red Rocks out in Morris in Colorado, and it's going to be a lottery system. And I tell you what, it's going to be a hard ticket. So. You know, and a lot of these bands, I think Goose is playing out in Denver and some of these other bands are scheduled to go and they're all doing these lottery systems. So really, you got to score in the lottery or it's going to be very hard to attend these shows. But with summer camp, you just get your ticket and show up there in, in, in Chillicothe on that day and it's, it's ready to go. It's just all the lineup is really just sick. And it's all systems go. We are planning for a full-blown summer camp music festival, fifteen to thirty-five thousand people guaranteed, and I'm hoping it's more than the fifteen thousand. And then it would be nice to have a light year at a summer camp. That would be nice. Yeah, because you're still gonna get everything that summer camp brings. Hold on, shut the fuck up, all of you. Sorry. Um, so the question is, how, when are you going to pull the trigger, the VIG? 40-something podcast f- presence will be felt. The flag upon our tents will be raised high. The VIG needs a commitment. When are you going to give the 40-something podcast faithful the commitment, the VIG? Well, I'm looking to give you guys a commitment. I just don't have a ticket, so... When I uh, maybe I should just get the ticket and then I'll be in. So ho- hopefully, babe, by the time we do another episode, I can just be like, the VIG is in for summer camp 2021. Well, guess what? It's going to be a spot on the show every fucking time until you buy your ticket. We're gonna get That's- we're gonna get people we're gonna get listeners to pitch at you for not buying your ticket yet. Why haven't you bought the ticket? You see, Humphreys are gonna be fire. I, I'm just judging by they did so they did two nights at the West Bowl in Connecticut, and uh, I've been dropping dropping some good stuff. These shows sound good. I haven't heard them all the way through, but um, really looking forward to the things that uh, we have coming here in the summer. I think things are going to open up, and we're going to be part. You know, this is going to be the uh, opening and intro to the new Roaring Twenties. Oh my God, I love I love this optimistic loving Vig. We got the optimistic loving Vig back, everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah. The, the the spring is as the great band Stringsies incident said the snow is gone and springtime is here and the river song is buzzing in my ear summer camps all systems blow 
And we're going to get into that with Hank Finkel a little bit later, possibly in uh, part two of this episode or another episode of Jibber Jazz and everything that we experienced this past weekend, Vig. And that's a small fan. I mean, you're talking about Magic Beans who might be on the second or third stage of summer camp, or third or fourth stage of summer camp. And we were talking maybe a few thousand, a couple thousand people. But when you're talking about summer camp music festival, you're talking Mo, you're talking J-Rad, you're talking Umphreys McGee, you're talking who else's head is over there. So many great bands. I, off the top of my head, I can't think, but there's so many. And if you haven't been to summer camp, logistically one of the best festivals you'll see. Uh, the, they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for 20 years. So it's a smooth transition. They, they know what they are doing brilliantly. The staff is fantastic. Jay Blakesburg and all those cats are do, who also do some photography. Everybody involved in summer camp is absolutely fantastic. It's one of the best music festivals, particularly if you're a Mo and an Umphreys fan. It's really a can't miss. If you've never done one of those and you're one of those band's fans, then you are not doing it right. It's only a quarter of my 24-ounce coffee. Nice. Well, I feel it feels good, man. It feels good to be back with you again. We took a, a minor hiatus. Uh, both got uh, kind of busy with um, with the jobs that we're doing right now, but it, it feels good here to be getting another morning episode. You know, that was really uh, a really fun part of of this past winter, which was really rough for me personally. But to be able to to get up in the morning and uh, conversate you conversate with you here on the microphone. Um, yeah, it just it just feels real good to be back here in this, uh, which has turned out to be a pretty gorgeous day here. We're both on the East Coast right now. Uh, we're both really actually in the same town right now. That's a, that's a real first, but we're still on Zoom because this is how we do it, and we do a good job here uh, just uh, on the mic. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Yeah, so I'm glad. Uh, I think, uh, Theo, our... our some of our subscribers will get a notification that we do have some new stuff up and that'll be good. Check us out. But yeah, the, the Doge father on, on Saturday Night Live, I, I thought uh, he had some pretty good skits. I thought Saturday Night Live was really actually on fire this past, this past weekend. They did a great episode on the Pennsylvania act, the different Pennsylvania accents that, uh, and how, how we talk here, which I actually never thought it was like that bad, but everything is always like done in, in, in a way where it's just like, you know, overemphasized on Saturday Night Live. And, uh, you know, they did the water, water, water and daughter, daughter, and you murdered, murdered my daughter, which was all kind of supposed to be these deep Philadelphia accents that when you get up into the northeast section of the city and it starts to get a little, little trashy, um, yeah, they were kind of were kind of making fun of these accents. And uh, honestly, I thought it was pretty hilarious. See, I didn't get it because I don't, I don't know anyone who talks like that. Now, I'm from New Jersey and I never lived in Philadelphia. So maybe that's what it is. I thought they were making more fun of the Pennsylvania Dutch people. That's what I thought they were. Doing. I thought that was that was in there too. But the daughter, the daughter in the water is the is Philly, and uh, I think it was just kind of overemphasized, and they were just making a big deal about. It. But I think I sent you a text message in the middle of it. And I said, "Is Pennsylvania really that bad?" <laughs> I don't think it is. I, I actually didn't see it when you sent me that text. It's interesting. And then I finally watched it and I was like, I don't get it. Cause I don't know anyone that talks like that. I thought it was a really bad job. I thought they were going for Pennsylvania Dutch, but it didn't sound like Pennsylvania. It was like a bad Pennsylvania Dutch. I thought they were going for. So yeah. I did not, I have to disagree. I did not enjoy Saturday night quite as much. And it's not because I'm a homer of, of Pennsylvania. I've only, you know, I've been here for about a third of my life. Not even. Um, so I don't know what, maybe it's just me not knowing the area that well, but 
I, 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 I do like they did do a Wawa shout out. And as you can see, I'm going to yeah. give you a Wawa shout out right now. The Wawa is really catching on now. Kate Winslet, uh, actress from the Titanic and other films, uh, went on record to say she was quoted as being inside a Wawa and said, it's like a mystical place. Now, we actually realized that back in 2003. But now it's good in 2021 that people are starting to get the word out about Wawa and that it is a mystical place. It really is a mystical place. Oh, my God. It's the greatest place on earth. And, and all the transplants, and you're one of them, all the transplants that leave this area, Philadelphia, mid-South Jersey area, um, certainly the Lehigh Valley and Allentown, East and Bethlehem area. Wawas are all over the place. In fact, one of my one of my summer homes in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Okay, nice. You had a summer home. It's one of them. Yeah, it's, it's oh. in Allentown, in Pennsylvania. That's where. That's when I uh, don't smoke marijuana when I'm in Pennsylvania. Just so we're clear. Okay, so let me get this straight. You work for a dispensary in Pennsylvania, and you have your medical card, but you don't do it in Pennsylvania. Oh, I can't smoke marijuana in Pennsylvania. It's illegal. Oh, okay. I was just checking. So what I do is when I host the show, I fly out, I, on my private jet. I fly out to California. It's Where I think it's the way, a way God, God intended me to. Well, I tell you what, if you like flour, if you're, you know, if you're a pot smoker, you like the, you like the green, the flour, go to California because I think they have some of the best flour on the planet. And I smoked one of, I smoked a joint out on the street in San Francisco before the whole pandemic rolled in back February of 2020. And by the, by the, time i got onto the subway i was barely standing i was like i was like i was like one of those crazy schizos you see down the street well in pennsylvania unfortunately they only have not that unfortunately because there's some really good growers in pennsylvania and they're doing their best but um you can only buy from pennsylvania growers in pennsylvania you cannot sell outside of state okay so that's that's well, why there's that makes, always a major shortage, particularly in Pennsylvania, around usually early spring, but particularly late summer. There's always a monster shortage of flour. You can find it, but you might have to go. You have, you have to go outside of your comfort zone. You have to go to Ethos. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, there you have it. Up and coming, Pennsylvania's medical marijuana industry. <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. The Pennsylvania medical marijuana industry is going to blow up. Cannot wait. And I'm on the I'm on the ground floor, baby. Ground floor. <laughs> That's good to hear because I think also New York will be up and coming, and the two states will be will be pretty friendly like that. And uh, I think we're going to have a, a growing uh, industry, uh, just like I feel that Colorado and New Mexico will be doing the same things because New Mexico has legalized now as well. And uh, I think we're all kind of, you know, we're entering a new paradigm here in this country, whether you like it or not. And uh, wherever you sit and whatever your, you know, wherever you feel your your political line is drawn, you have to admit things are things are progressing right now. So whether that's a good progression for you or not, I, I feel that it is. I feel there's some good parts of things that are going on, and I feel like there's some bad parts. I feel like. The money that we're pumping into the, the economy is going to help, but it's also, you know, we're going to get some stragglers. We're going to get people that aren't going to want to work, and that's why they're having trouble filling the restaurants. But in in in, in a lot of ways, this takes us kind of maybe into a different topic here is that, you know, working at a restaurant before all this, it sucked. It was toxic. It didn't pay a lot. And now they're having trouble getting people back to work. So the, the restaurant industry is going to have to change now. 
and you're going to have to entice workers to work in your restaurant. So no $11 an hour to work in the back kitchen at nothing. It's going to be more like $15 an hour, and you're going to have to have a sign-on bonus, and you're going to have to stop the the aggressions and the advancements that are going on in the back kitchen because people have, are talking, they're speaking out about how it was to work in a restaurant before the pandemic and why they're having trouble getting it now. And there's going to be overall over, overwhelming demands to eat in restaurants and go to events. And they're going to have to find people that are going to want to work work these events and uh, because it's going to be overwhelmingly popular. What's interesting is I had the opportunity to work for one of the top 100 pizzerias in the United States over this past year. And pandemic, pandemic, you would not know this place made money hand over fist. And the, the owner's family are unscrupulous pieces of trash, in my opinion. I think I know who you're talking about, but for the sake of the po- of keeping it classy on the podcast, we won't mention the establishment's name. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, I want to say it so bad, right? Uh, well, it's just like, you know, when we talked about me, how I called the uh, news lady in, in Denver a white supremacist, we never mentioned the news station or the lady by first and last name. Yeah, and you didn't get yeah. sued. You're right. I, I mean, I don't sued. want to get sued either. So, yeah. Yeah, get deplatformed. God damn it. Well, I will. All right. I won't say their name, but just unscrupulous people. But um, I will say this. They I think if you had a certain business, if you already had in place a good delivery system, you absolutely flourished during this pandemic. And this particular restaurant was a top 100 percent, 100 pizzeria. And after the pandemic. I don't, they initially probably lost a beat, but they didn't lose that much of a beat because they became strictly delivery and they had at any time, they had up to 20 delivery guys on a, on, on a specific night. They flourished because they, their service and their food didn't really change. You just couldn't go there. Mm -hmm. So the restaurant industry is booming in the delivery area. So we have to make, remember that, that this has been a complete boom. People are making money hand over fish, just dropping off food. And a lot of people aren't even employed. In fact, I would say most people aren't even employed by the restaurants these days. They're doing Uber Eats, you know, DoorDasher, Grubhub, or, you know, blowing up by the dock. Like I did. Well, that is, that is interesting that, uh, that, uh, you know, you can either make it or break yourself, uh, in these pandemics, especially in the restaurant business. And by the way, Flugels, I hear this new chicken place, is going to be opening in the Lehigh Valley and also at festivals. Uh, definitely by 2022, hopefully by the end of 2021, that will be delivery. I think that's going to be something that we have to implore. Delivery. Okay. You get free labor too. You don't have to pay them like seven bucks an hour. And delivery guys are okay with that because they're the laziest human beings on the face of the planet. I know because I was one of them. So, you know, you talk a lot about, uh, you know, getting to the other side here. and We, we have gotten to the other side, and uh, but a lot of people didn't, didn't get to the other side with us, and that's going to continue to happen. It's just because you made it to the, the less infectious part of this pandemic or you made it to the side where things are opening up again, 
doesn't mean you're going to continue to to go on and make it and uh we're going to lose some people on the way continuous and uh I just hope that everybody keeps their head on their shoulders and, and we know and think about each other and lean on each other. Check check on that person that you haven't heard from in a while and check in on them. Make sure that they're that they made it to the other side because I really feel that uh, you know we're, we're going to be stronger on the other side if we all just continue to count on each other and look after each other and, and we'll be able to continue on.